God's word, his gospel, his good news is so amazing. It impacts even little, little kids and never underestimate that, what the good news of what God has done for us. Never underestimate his word. His word does not fail. And this morning, we learn in 1 Corinthians 13 that his love does not fail either. And when you just, again, uh, bow, and as you open your notes, if you look at your notes front and back, right? You're like, wait a minute, there is no way pastor will get through uh, front and back notes. So I hope you can write fast, because we're about, <laughs> so anyway, so I may stick to my notes real and read a lot real fast to get us through, but our goal is, is we're going to be done with 1 Corinthians 13 next week, and it'll be a joy to, um, we're also going to spend some time with one of our missionaries, uh, David and, and Christy Summers, and talk about their ministry that they have, and so they'll be speaking to us in Sunday school. And we'll have Sunday school up here, and they'll be also sharing just a, a briefly a, a moment in the service as well about their ministry. So a good time to fellowship with them. Also, I uh, want to remind you, we will take a benevolent love offering. It helps to support as needs arise, as we can help uh, uh, take care of the body. And we'll do that at the end of the service. Would you bow with me just one more time and just ask God to bless. Lord. We are so undeserving. Lord, it just baffles my mind as we enter in, as we sit or we stand, or as we kneel with our life and our heart before the throne. Lord, you are deserving of all praise. We are so inept. We are so incapable of proclaiming what you are worth. And Lord, yet we desire to hear from you. Lord, take our imperfect ears, our imperfect heart, our imperfect thinking. And Lord, speak your truth, the truth that is perfect. And Lord, bless our hearing, bless as we read, bless and lift up your word. And and Lord, do what we cannot do this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 1 Corinthians 13, and starting in uh, verse 7, uh, we see all the things that God's love can do. And let's read to the end of the chapter. It says in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 7, it says, Love bears all things. It believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, By the way, the word tongue just means different languages. Um, They will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But that which is perfect has come. Then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly... But then, face to face, now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, and love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. And we've been looking at the gospel love. Love is really true love. Love that comes from God is the gospel. 
He gave us that which we didn't deserve. He paid for our sin. We owe a debt in life to God. We, there's the wages of sin, what we earn is death by our imperfect life. But God, in His infinite grace and His mercy, He gave us Christ to be the life which we could not live. The perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice to pay our debt that we owed, that we might have life in Christ. That is the gospel. That's the good news. He took that which was bad in us, and he gave us all of himself, which was good, and he placed it into our life. He gave us his righteousness, his goodness, because our goodness is nothing compared to a holy God. That's the gospel. The gospel is the launching pad for everything in our life. And that's what Paul is pointing out when he says in, in 1231 that let me show you the most excellent way. Hey, do not forget where you came from and that which is important. And so he stopped in the midst of dealing with all of these problems. Hey, guys, look, you have forgotten that which is the most important. And he says this, and he started out a few weeks ago, we started out in saying that the gospel is only effective when it becomes, when it is becoming the pattern of our life, when we use the gospel to pattern everything in our life, when we're dealing with relationships, when we're dealing with sin in our life, we can say, I have the answer, and it's in Christ. When somebody is sinning against me or talking bad about somebody else, we, we can launch from the gospel rather than say, well, I have rights. Or we could say, well, you know what, I'm just a sinner just like them, and you can pray for them, love them. We can, we can operate as a church from the gospel rather than from anger and from emotions. The gospel, um, the gospel will become eclipsed if we evaluate or uh, if we lift up ourselves and our righteousness. The gospel is the most important thing. And this morning, as we, we go, is the gospel love is to be elevated. In, in verse 8, love never fails. It's exalted. It's the exalted thing. If you look in the Bible, you will see that which comes from God should always be elevated. God's love is to be elevated because it endures. It never fails. It is the one thing that we can always count on. It is the only thing. That we can count on. Never fails in this in the text here, in the context is it when it talks about never failing, it usually talks about in the Greek to it that it never falls, it never ceases, it will never give up. It it is it's supernatural. That's the word that they're using here. God's love enduring means to stay under to stay above, to float during the tough times, to not run. To the ability to stay afloat in the midst of all the troubles of life, instead of drowning, we have God's love and we can count on it and we can stay afloat as a church and in our individual lives because it will never succumb to outside influences. It will never surrender. It will never give up. I don't know about you, but 
That's pretty amazing. We have something that we can fall back on, and it will never give up working in our life. That's how important the gospel is. It is to be elevated because it endures. It's not uncommon that when we face troubles that we run away from difficult things. But that's when God is going to mold, shape, and use us for His glory. If we run to God's love instead of run away from our problems, we will be able to endure. And God will help us to endure and not be burned up so that way He can perfect us. The problem is, in your notes there, I give you a long list of things, is the problem is, is we got to not, we got to stop being distracted by what not endures. We focus so many things in life, we think, well, what about this and what about that? And we focus on so many things that never are going to endure, and we are shocked when the car breaks down. We're shocked when the tractor stops working. We're shocked when our spouse says something mean to us. We're shocked when our coworker does something to elevate himself above. But you know what? All the things, riches and all this stuff. First Timothy 6, 7 says, For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of this world. I love that joke, right? And when the rich man uh, is buried with all of his gold so he can take it to heaven and, and Peter sits there and says, you know, Why are you bringing pavement? Yeah, you got it, right? It says, uh, you know, if we read Revelation, it says the streets are paved with gold, and, and it's so pure that it's transparent. And the gold that which we have is still impure. It's not even the refined gold, like the perfect gold in which God displays in heaven. We've we got to realize that we got to stop being distracted by those things that are going to die, that things are going to quit, things are not perfect. They will fail. All of these things, our stuff, our riches, you can go down the list, our strength, young men, believe it or not, our bodies are going to give out. It's just the way it is. Our body, our heart, our, those, our heart, what we think about, our emotions, all of those things are going to give out one day. Our eyes, our marriages, by the way, you know, we, we had our married life live on Friday celebrating marriage and, and learning about Christ-centered marriage. But you know what? When we get to heaven, that's going to be obsolete because we're going to be married to Christ. We're going to be married to the Lord. We're going to have that precious relationship, that, that perfect marriage we will experience in heaven. And Paul reminds us in verse 8 that these spiritual gifts that the church was, was focusing on to the exclusion of the gospel that they had forgotten about God's love, that these spiritual gifts are going to be gone. They're going to cease. They're, going to, they're not going to be the most important thing. We need to remember that we need to, we need to rejoice in what endures. The Word of God will always endure. The Lord Himself will always endure. God's mercy, the mercy of the Lord will endure. The goodness of the Lord will endure. The righteousness of the Lord will endure. The truth of the Lord will endure. The judgment of the Lord will endure. That can either excite you if, you're, if you've been saved by the blood of Christ, 
We can stand before Christ God one day, and he says, why should you get to heaven? And Jesus will stand up, and I paid for that sinner. We can rejoice in God's judgment, but if we're not saved, if we haven't had our sin paid for by the blood of Christ, then judgment, it will endure. And hell is real. And it's a place that you will have to face for the rest of eternity, being separated from God in pain for the rest of eternity. The judgments of the Lord are eternal. The Lord's faithfulness is eternal. The compassion of the Lord will not fail. The kingdom of God will not fail. The treasures that are in heaven will not fail. Do you see a common theme here? God's love, His gospel, the love of God will endure. It should be exalted. It should be that thing that is the most important aspect. It's everything that we do in church life, in our own life, we should launch off from the gospel. Love never fails. Prophecy, they will fail. Tongues, they will cease. And knowledge, it will vanish. It will become obsolete. Number one is that the idea is that do you see the inability of the gifts to last forever? All of those things, like God, God lists, these, these things will not last. But it's something that the church, in, in the Corinthian church, they overemphasize these gifts that are actually obsolete. Not only are the inability, you see the inability of these gifts to endure, to, they're going to fail, but they're incomplete. I was reading, I was reading a commentary uh, the other day, and, and this story was in there. And it says, some elevate spiritual gifts so high and, so, and to such great importance. Spiritual gifts can be compared to the scaffolding that is used when a building uh, is being built into a beautiful building. I, I've been to St. Peter's Basilica in Italy, and they've had scaffolding up there, fixing everything and beautifying everything. It gave them the ability to fix stuff. I've been in, uh, in Strasbourg in France or Germany, depending on the war, and I've seen that such a huge cathedral, one of the tallest cathedrals in the world, and they had scaffolding around it, re, you know, refixing. And you can think about, in order to build a building like that, workers must place scaffolding all around the building, and the scaffolding allows the workers to safely get to where the work needs to be done, and able to build up that building, both in beauty and in the structure. However, at the end of the product, the value is not in the scaffolding. Think about that. The value, they don't leave the scaffolding up and say, look at such beautiful scaffolding, right? I've seen some of the scaffolding around as they've, people have been working on barns, and we've noticed a, there's like four or five barns that have been, people have been uh, making beautiful, and, and I see the scaffolding, but, and I'm like, wow, that's amazing, they're doing a lot of work, but when the scaffolding is gone, it's like, wow, Look at the barn. So the first attention is to they're doing a lot of work, but now it's look how beautiful that barn is. People don't drive by and, and admire the scaffolding. They admire the end result, which is the building itself. The scaffolding will go away in one day when the building is finished being built, and that building will last and last 
Spiritual gifts are necessary for all aspects of the work of God. God uses them. They're under God's control, under the power of the Holy Spirit. He controls them, not the church. But it's amazing how the church will throw up scaffolding all over the place and they'll admire the scaffolding and forget the work of God and the building of God. We can take this idea of these spiritual gifts and we can just put programs. Or we could put, or we could put social justice and we can put all of those things and we can elevate all those things which are just scaffolding, but they're not the building of God. The mortar, the, the, the beauty, what makes the building of God so beautiful is the gospel. It's his love. It never fails. And that's what Paul's point here. And notice on the, the third thing is, is the impact of which that is perfect. That which is perfect, and, and in verse 10, it, it says, but that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. That perfect is that end destination, that finished aim, that point. It points to God's plan. I think about that which is perfect, and I think about when Paul is saying, look, I'll show you the most perfect way, the most excellent way, that which is perfect, the love of God, his plan his plan for the church, his plan for our lives, that he builds, that he one day will present to the Lord. Came across this other illustration, and then we'll finish. In England, during the reign of Oliver Cromwell, a soldier was, he had been sentenced to die. He had a death sentence. And the soldier's fiancée came and pleaded and threw herself at the mercy of Cromwell. And please spare his life. And she kept pleading and pleading. He said, no, he, he will die at the sound of the bell. Back in England, they had a curfew bell, and it rang, and everybody had to be inside And when it rang. And when it rang, they were going to publicly execute this soldier. So the girl, leaving nothing, uh, did not giving up, the girl climbed the tower and wrapped herself around the bell, around the around the whatever you call it, the center of the bell, and the clapper, and wrapped herself around it. And thus preventing when the, they kept trying and trying to ring the bell, but the bell would not ring. And they gave up. And, she, and so though she was battered and though she was bruised and smashed, she managed to climb down. And when she stood, she went right back before Cromwell and told him what she had done. He immediately commuted the soldier's sentence and set him free. And he said this. He said, love bears all things. That which is perfect has come. And it gives us those three things. Is that it completes a task. It it finishes a task. It not only finishes a task, but it produces biblical growth or biological growth. It creates growth in us both physically and spiritually. It produces maturity. Love does not fail. It does not give up. I am so grateful for that. The Lord doesn't give up on you. When He saves you, He loves you, and that love continues. God doesn't let you down. 
And he's called us. He says, this is the most excellent way. If we do not have this gospel kind of love in our life and in our church, we have nothing. Everything else will fail. Those of you that have grown up in, in the church for your I mean, I, there are people, like we talked to Iola. She goes, I remember when we did this, and I remember when we did that. And I've talked to some of you, and I remember, and we had all of these things that we used to do. But the only thing that remains true and constant is the love of God. Everything else will change. Everything else will come and go. This is the blessing. 1 Peter 1, 3-9. Listen closely to God's love that does not fail. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope. To be born beyond this physicalness. To be born to be saved by His grace. Look at that. Be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. Who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time for us. In this you rejoice. Though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been greed by various trials. So that the testing the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to rest in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not now see Him, you believe in Him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. God's love never lets you down. It doesn't fade. It doesn't die. It doesn't deteriorate. It doesn't break down. It doesn't slander. It doesn't gossip. God doesn't sit there with Jesus and say, hey, look at what they're doing. Look how horrible they are. You know, God doesn't make fun of us. God loves us. He weeps over us. He rejoices and laughs with us. With, an, with joy that is inexpressible and full of glory. May that be the love that defines our church. God's love. That supernatural love that comes and is released by the gospel, the good news that Jesus died to take your place and to pay for your sin. Without him, we have nothing. Without that love, the church is nothing. We can do everything known to man, and it will fail. But God's love will not fail in your life, in your marriage, in raising your kids, in working as a kid, <laughs> in your job, in life. God's love will endure all things. His love will endure. May that be what we cultivate in our church. Lord, thank you and we praise you for what you have done for us and you continue to do for us and, and that we will get to enjoy 
when you come back and take us home to live with you. For those that have cried out and called upon your name, so Lord, I need you. I can, my life, my goodness is nothing compared to your holiness. I deserve death. But Lord, you gave us life through the cross, through dying on the cross for our sins. That amazing transformation of death to life. Lord, if someone here, Lord, is dead in their sins and trespasses, Lord, they don't have a way to pay for their sins. If they stand before you one day, they will be in judgment. They don't know if they're going to go to heaven. Lord, that they would simply call upon you, that they would repent, that they would say, Lord, I, I need you. I am worthless. I am a sinner. Lord, I need you. And that they would lay down their life and they call upon your name. Say, Lord, save me. And that they would be saved today by the blood of the Lamb. By the fact that Jesus died. The Lamb of God. You call Jesus the Lamb of God. Your Son who died on the cross for our sins. Lord, would you save them today? Would you call them? And Lord, I pray that they would respond now as we sing. Lord, may they use this time to know and become your child, adopted into your family, to live with you for the rest of eternity instead of spending eternity in hell. And may we rejoice for those that have put our faith and trust in you. And may we live every day based on that truth that you have paid for our sins, that we are worthless, but you are worth everything in our life. And that love that you loved us, may we pour it out to those that are around us to be the glue that allows nothing to ever fail. In Jesus' name we pray.